0: with prepared mindset podcast i'm your host austin uh we got another episode for you guys it is march 3rd it is officially women's history month lexi's hanging out with me hey guys to i mean fill the quota right (laughs) yeah this is part of the women's suffrage agreement possibly shut up that's right we should get rid of women's suffrage you guys have suffered enough
1: you sound like an idiot when you say that
0: i know it's all in fun, uh, but in all serious, in all seriousness, if I can talk, uh, we do actually have a first here for us. You actually hosted, you hosted your first episode.
1: I did host my first episode. It was terrifying, and it was exhilarating, and
0: <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, that's really exciting. Um, so we're gonna get to that in a few minutes. Uh, also, got a lot of stuff going on in the country right now. Right this yes, week, we, do. we had the uh, the State of the Union on Tuesday. Yep. Which was a complete and total calamity, um, <laughs> yeah. for anybody that watched. I mean, you know what was going on. We're now hearing stories, and not really stories, but uh, like statistics, facts, whatever from the media. Uh, fact checking, right? I watched the Stephen Crowder um, live stream. It was yeah, it was were after the fact, but
1: over there in bed giggling.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, he was. I mean, just the amount of stuff that was said that was just, that was inaccurate. And this is the lowest rated State of the Union address our country's had in like thirty years. So that's going back to, like, Bush Sr. and uh, Reagan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, as uh, or Clinton. It might have been Clinton's first one. I don't really know where, where it falls back, but it's definitely lower rated than Trump's State of the Union's and Obama's. Yep. And it was bad. Um, claims like, oh, we created more jobs than any other, you know, year in history of the country. It's like, well, they no. We also you-
1: cut more jobs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you say... And this is one of the points of the joke. The jokes they made on Crowder was, hey, I fired everybody. I hired eight people. That's an 8% increase. Like, no, yeah. it's just...
1: Replacing eight people.
0: Yeah, no, you just gave back the jobs that you stripped away in 2020 with all the fear of the pandemic. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. And I know it was like a two-hour live feed, but I know at least the first like 20 minutes of the speech were just him droning on about the ukraine and oh you know we're not worried about the cuz we've you know the world has slapped has slapped russia silly with uh, all kinds of sanctions we haven't really we haven't sanctioned their energy yeah. right we're still going to russia for all the for all the oil we need and uh oh it's okay it's okay because uncle joe biden went to the went to the leaders of the world <laughs> and got 60 million barrels of oil released <laughs> Um, from reserves which the stunning statistic behind that is the u.s as a country alone just the u.s right we consume like 20.9 or something or 20 million barrels of oil a day so congratulations sir you got us three days worth of oil yeah um you know what you could do instead is actually reactivate the keystone pipeline which would create american jobs it would make us not reliant on foreign energy and then we actually would produce more oil out of that pipeline than the Russian pipeline and we actually be able to then sell off some of those barrels right. for what is that called again? Profit. Oh yeah, profit. Money coming back into the country. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, then this claim of uh uh he cut a trillion dollars from the <laughs> deficit and shit, which you could see uh Kamala Harris behind him, Vice President Harris just like freaking out for a second It just at one point he was trying to say ukrainians and said iranians you know totally wrong country completely just just awful so it, i mean shit's real bad right now i mean how long you waited in line for gas today oh at costco God. for what like 40 minutes
1: yeah i oh to my. get
0: like reasonably priced gas not even like i mean it's super cheap for what everything else is today but not
1: yeah i on my way into work i mean i pass i mean we, we live in the suburbs like i, I yeah. pass a dozen gas stations to and from work um over the last few days it's been steadily climbing i've not been checked. closer
0: and closer to that four dollar mark
1: so finally the, the last gas station that i pass um finally raised its prices up with everyone else so gas on my way home from work today was uh three dollars and 89 cents yeah and yep, i'm like we're getting up right, there for sure I have a quarter tank, I have to get gas. So I'm gonna go to Costco. Me and eight hundred other people had that idea. Yep. And I actually there there was probably a good six or seven cars on the road. Jesus. Like we weren't even in the turn to Costco. Like
0: It's yeah, and and this is this is what we're we're in store for more of this. Um as this situation in ukraine continues to degenerate
1: but on a positive note i did get gas for 329 so well how long the, 60 we don't cents know
0: how long that's gonna last but
1: not long but
0: yeah i mean at any rate so we got a lot of stuff going wrong in the country here say the union um if you haven't checked it out i would recommend i would recommend the loud the louder with crowder live feed um just because it's hysterical and just the amount of times that there's like the forced standing ovations by the Democrats. <laughs> um, It's just it's awkward how many times they stand and applaud just like relatively, uh, you know, just goofy shit. Uh, It really was uncomfortable to watch. And as a normal person with half a brain, even I was confused at, um, you know, the flip flopping on things like now we're all about funding law enforcement and uh, now we're all about supporting business after we spent, you know, and we, I mean, this administration right, spent the last basically two years fighting to strip down business and criticizing everything trump did to try and support business so yeah. we went from record low inflation um i believe trump's last year in office we were at one and a half percent we're now at like six and a half or seven percent or seven and a half percent inflation crime is at an all-time high because we just we don't we don't imprison anybody we're all about love and we need social workers not more police officers but then we need to fund our police it just yeah. It's everything's a, it's a fucking calamity. So, um, but I digress, right? Yeah. You had a you had a Kim was on today with you. You yes. guys had a nice conversation around uh the second amendment, the prepper the the prepared mindset, you know, for the pardon the pun, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, but as it applies to women, right? Yes. It is Women's History Month after all. So, we need to be very sensitive to women's needs. Um, but, you know, you guys had that awesome conversation, so we're going to get to that in a second. Before we jump in, though, like always, got to make sure we say thank you to our supporting sponsors here at The Prepared Mindset. And we are back working with Eclipse Holsters. Uh, super, super excited to be back working with Jess and her team. Uh, if you guys have been listening to this podcast since day one, they were, they're were they the OG. They're the original sponsor that we had here. Uh, we are now ambassadors for Eclipse holsters. Um, they launched that program at the beginning of the year and we're fortunate enough to be a part of that team. Uh, great, great small business, uh, family owned business. I, just outstanding, right? The holsters are great. Um, they guarantee the work, right? Lifetime guarantee. If you don't like it, send it back. That's how we got hooked up with these guys in the first place is as consumers when I was buying Lexia a holster as a Christmas gift. Um, Shortly thereafter, I went out and bought a Glock, so we needed to get rid of the Springfield holster she had gotten and get her a Glock holster. No questions asked, swapped it out. Right now, they guarantee that your holster is going to be in the mail in 3 business days or less. Like, who does that?
1: Yeah, that's incredible.
0: It I mean, really compared to some places that have lead times of 3 3 weeks, 6 weeks, 8 weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks for a Kydex holster. Mm-hmm. These guys are doing it in 3 days. Also, they 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 hook us up with a discount code. So if you use discount code prepared mindset, you're gonna save 20% off your order. And if you spend over $99, right, you're gonna get free shipping. And not just free USPS C in a week and a half shipping, free FedEx shipping. I think it's FedEx today actually, because I just I've I've ordered a couple of different things in the last few days, uh, like claw attachments um for concealment on our uh, Serious in the waistband holsters. Uh, I ordered some color washers and stuff to change over the look of my holster. Uh, so yeah, FedEx two day shipping. Eclipse holsters—they got everything you guys could need. Head over to eclipseholsters.com. Like I said, our discount code Prepared Mindset is going to knock twenty percent off your order. Go get you a, a core concealment belt, a dump tray, a wallet, holsters—I mean, whatever you need. Go check it out. They got all kinds of awesome stuff over there. Let Jess and the team take great care of you. Also got say thank you to MyMedic, MyMedic.com, great company. These guys are doing really, really good work. Uh, every order comes with access to exclusive educational content. So not only do you now have these medical supplies that you can use to impact uh, you know, tremendous and, and horrible situations, things like that, uh, you now have the educational content to go along with it so that you can actually be impactful to those moments, to those situations. You can actually be an asset and not a liability. Right, especially we talk so much about carrying a firearm. If you have the ability to create holes, you need to have the ability to plug holes. Let MyMedic hook you up. They gave us our code mindset twenty. That's also going to save you guys twenty percent off of your order. And they just rolled out a reward system. So now every order that you make, you can build up points and eventually earn yourself some discounts or some free swag. I mean, who knows? I, you know, go check it out. MyMedic.com. Uh, you can also head over to our offer section on the Facebook page. Uh, You can use our affiliate link because we are an affiliate partner with MyMedic.com. So if you use that link in our offers page through Facebook, right, you can still use the Mindset 20 discount code, save yourself the 20% off, but then 10% of whatever you spend is going to come back and and kick back to the Prepared Mindset team here and what we do, giving you guys this content that you hopefully enjoy on a weekly basis. Uh, And if not, do it anyways Um, because it helps us and uh, we want to keep doing it right? But at the very least, make sure you're picking up some medical supplies, have it with you, keep it in your car, keep it in your backpack, keep it in your purse, make sure you're ready for, I mean, whatever the hell happens, who knows, right? It's a jungle out there. And uh, lastly, head over in our offer section, uh, Dryfire Mag. Dryfire Mag, we're super thrilled to to partner with them as an affiliate partner. We don't have a discount code for you guys, but given what the ammo situation is like in the country still with access to 9 millimeter pistol ammo in general. We love this product. I use it a ton when I dry fire. I ordered mine right after the COVID lockdown went into effect, and I have saved myself so much in ammo, uh, and I've used it so much for my dry fire practice. They have dry fire mags for Glock, Sig, Springfield, M&P. They're coming out with new products, new lines uh, for subcompact pistols and things like that. They're going to be hitting the market very very soon here they also came out with their smart mag that should be hitting the shelves in the next month or two here that works with a laser cartridge so it'll essentially it's going to turn your put your your firearm into a cert gun uh which again is a great great tool that gives you a lot of information a lot of feedback on your training session you can use to start getting better without having to hit the range without having to spend money on range time spending money on ammo that's hard enough to come by so they're another affiliate partner with us you can access them through our offers page on facebook as well but it's about 12 minutes in here it's enough of my uh babbling and gab. so we're going to go ahead we're going to jump over to lexi's discussion with kim and on the women's perspective the the i don't know what would you call this the female experience of yeah, the second amendment
1: that's a, that's a good term for it
0: all right let's check it out
1: <sighs> i'm nervous are you nervous <laughs>
2: um not not necessarily um cuz I've done a bunch of Instagram lives with people before yeah so it's kind of like on that I have to worry about like what my face looks like <laughs> like if That's I get true. excited and I'm waving my arms around and stuff at least here people will just hear my voice they won't hear That's or right. the dog drinking water <laughs> They they won't be able to see, like, if I make a funny face or
1: something like that. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure I'm definitely going to make funny faces. It's just, (laughs) I have no control of my face. It's fine. Okay. So, hey, guys. It's Lexi. Uh, I am on with Kim. And I wanted to do this episode to talk about women in 2A and everything that goes into that. Um, But before we dive into the episode, uh, Kim, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you.
2: Hi, so I'm Kim. Um, I have I'm a probation officer. Um, I've been doing that for almost 10 years now. Um, I work with juveniles like 15 and under, um, which are a very, very special population. It's pretty much all I've ever worked with. Um, Pretty much all I want to work with, um, even though they, they make me crazy sometimes. Uh, and then on the the side, I teach law enforcement classes at the college that I used to attend. So it's, it's kind of fun going back there, except for when I make references to like older things that I don't think are that old. And (laughs) the kids stare at me and I'm like, you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? And they'll just shrug at me. And I'm like, God, I don't ever feel as old as I do when I'm teaching these classes and I'm making a,
1: a reference and they don't get it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I have that happen at work. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not not—I'm not that old. But <laughs> the people I work with are younger than me. And there's enough, like, we're all, like, I'm just shy of the, the uh, generation cusp on the one side and they're on the generation cusp on the other side. And, th- yeah, there's some there's some things they'll say something and I stare at them and I'm like, what are you talking about? But then vice versa, you know, they'll I'll say something or reference something and they all just look at me like I'm crazy and they have no idea what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. I know that feeling. Even with my coworkers at work, they're, they're only like, they're not even 10 years younger than me. It's like a seven year age difference. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to go see bad bunny. And I'm like, what what is Bad Bunny? <laughs> is, yeah. is it a singer? Like is it a rapper? I don't I don't know. Is it a he? Is it a she? Because you never know with the names. Bad bunny sounds like a woman to me, but it could also be a man. I
1: don't know. No, I I definitely get that. Yeah, it's those pop culture things that it's just I try to keep up, they keep me young. <laughs> um so before we dive into the more to a specific aspects, um, you mentioned you're a parole officer. Can I ask what got you into that and why you decided to become one? So I'm going to be nitpicky. It's probation. So I'm sorry. My <laughs> that's, probation that's officer.
2: Um, it's funny because I used to think that they, they worked with the same people. So like when I first started my job, Mm-hmm. And I was working with the kids. I went to like a, a department wide training. Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, I work with the adults. And I was like, well, adults are for parole. You don't have adults on probation. And like, this is my job. And I have, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm even talking about. So I can't blame people when they mix it up because I didn't even know what. It
1: was when no, I, I, I appreciate that. it. You don't know what you don't know. So yeah. I'm always happy to be corrected. <laughs>
2: um so I got into it basically because I needed a job um I went to college and got a bachelor's in psychology and then I was like oh like I can't really do anything with this unless I get a doctorate so let's go get a master's in social work because I was fed a pack of lies and told I could do pretty much anything with social work that I could (laughs) do with a doctorate in psychology and it would all be fine and it was not all fine (laughs) Um, I basically, I got my master's. It was great. And then every job that I wanted to apply to, I basically needed a special certificate. or On top of all the schooling. (laughs) Right. To do anything. So I was like, well, this stinks. Yeah. So my sister actually happened to find like an internship with the Department of Probation where I was living at the time. And I was like, all right, it's paid. I'll do it. Yeah. And they happened to like me enough that they offered me a job that I wasn't even technically qualified for cuz I didn't have the experience for it. Okay. Um and that's I basically fell into it.
1: <laughs> well, hey, yeah, all for happy accidents and uh thing stars aligning and Yeah.
2: You
1: know, whatever whatever you whatever you want to look at it as, uh seems like it's worked out well. Yeah. Um so to start segueing into the 2A, how do you think your job has kind of shaped your outlook and um, mindset into your, the 2A and what you're doing now? And
2: um, it kind of was like my gateway drug almost. Okay. Because um, where I, I, like I used to live in New York City and you you can't get a gun for anything there okay um so the my introduction to guns was my dad was in the NYPD and mm-hmm. he, he had guns in the house he was retired at the time so it was like okay he showed my sister and me when we were younger like here's the gun you don't touch it unless I'm around sure and that was that and like we would go shooting every so often like 22s and whatever But once I got onto the job, I was able to get my own gun. It was my work gun that I then had to carry back and forth to work every day. Okay. Basically concealed carrying throughout New York City. Yep. And once I moved out of New York City, it was like, I have freedom to
1: like (laughs) buy more guns. More guns, more to do. You can actually concealed carry and.
2: Yep. So that was, that was it. Like I went to my local gun range just to like get my practice in and, you know, flat range stuff, indoor range, nothing too crazy. And the owners were like, oh, like you used to, you work for probation, this and that, like, um, do you want more guns? And I was like, <laughs> what do you got for me? And I uh, thought, of course like, I do. Yeah, and I bought, like, a Mossberg 500 shotgun, which is, like, I think it's considered, like, a fuddy gun now. But,
1: yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about shotguns, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am I'm not the person to ask on that. I
2: love it, though. That's, I mean, because it was, like, my first
1: gun that, like, I actually bought, bought. Yeah, there's so- always sentimental value to that, that first one. Yep. So, okay, on that uh, note, then... Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about as far as women in the two way community goes is our concealed carry choices and clothing and pros and cons and challenges that we face with all of that. So I know I have personally incredibly struggled, um, with concealed carrying, not that I find it uncomfortable or that I don't want to do it. Um, but my biggest thing has always been clothing choices and getting the right things to wear that. Conceal, given that just every part of me in comparison to, like, a, a man is much smaller. So, everything every part of the gun is just that much larger. So The struggle is real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I definitely find it easier in the winter, right? You got sweaters and, and everything, but when, when the weather starts changing is when I start really struggling. Is that something you struggle with, or what have you found as a way to combat that (laughs) um well same thing
2: winter like I hate winter because I I hate being cold I hate the snow there's really (laughs) nothing enjoyable about it for me except that I can wear a sweatshirt and it's not weird I can wear layers and nobody thinks twice about it and that just makes it so much easier to carry any gun whether I'm carrying like my little Colt 380 or mm-hmm. in my 19 X. Yeah. Um, Cause once like spring and summer hit, it's like, you know, I know certain people, like I know women's bodies make it harder to carry in general
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, because of our shapes and our clothing. And we have like, we tend to wear tighter clothing and stuff. Yep. And it's just, And it's just um, it's so much more annoying because then you also get like the men's point of view where they're like, well, just dress around the gun. (laughs) If I wear clothes to dress around the gun, it's going to be baggy pants and a baggy shirt. I'm going to look like a homeless person and it's going to be obvious that I'm
1: carrying. Yeah, you're going to ask me why I'm so frumpy.
2: Right, you'd be like, oh, that. Th- then you'll get like the opposite of the the whole gun bunny thing. Like, oh, why are you such an unattractive gun
1: girl? It's Like, oh, th- thank you. That's <laughs> what every woman wants to hear. Yes. You really know how to <laughs> make her feel special. Yeah. So it's like just
2: trying to find the right pair of jeans because I also have a problem with jeans in general because I'm very hippie. I have a big butt, so like I need cur- I
1: need curvy girl jeans.
2: Yep. Which, luckily, they
1: have started making, so that's great. I was just going to say, it
2: didn't even exist until, like, five or six years ago.
1: Yeah, they realized that people can, in fact, have a, just because you have, a lar- like, large hips and a large butt does not mean you, in fact, also have a large waist. Sometimes you do. Yeah. Sometimes you're proportionate, right? But sometimes you can have a smaller waist, and you, yeah, I used to have that uh, dreaded um, gap at the back of my oh pants. My God.
2: <laughs> I wore my belts backwards.
1: So oh that you
2: cinch in the back and keep the back gap closed, and people are like, "How do you take your belt off to go to the bathroom?" I'm like, lots of
1: practice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, I never tried that. That's actually a really good idea, <laughs> although a, a moot point nowadays. So yeah,
2: now they have jeans that fit, but even then, it's like you have to get the 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 right kind of waist height, and if they're like on the stretchier
1: side. Then even if
2: you have a good belt, the holster still kinda of flops forward.
1: Yeah, I've I've noticed that. Like I I really enjoy the stretchy jeans, right? That's one like aspect of pants I've always liked. Because then I can wear my skinny jeans, which I will not give up, but no matter what Gen Z says. <laughs> and <laughs> um yeah, they're they're comfy, I can still move, like especially in, in terms of carrying, I feel like I can if something were to happen. I mean, not that I really would be worried about ripping my pants, like that would be the least of my concern, but ripped pants would just be another distraction. Yep. So I really like that they're stretchy, but I have found that even with the the best of gun belts, because you almost need to put a hole between two holes to get the right tightness to so that the stretch is kind of negated. And yeah, it's, it's a real struggle. Although I also struggle with carrying with leggings. So it's probably about the same same concept, although I do enjoy now the, the multitude of options for leggings because I, I do love a good pair of leggings.
2: The Ulti Clips and the the bands or the, the Flister or whatever it oh, is. Oh,
1: yeah, the Filster. The, the uh, there's a, a lot of different bands that I have one that I enjoyed, but it wasn't... Design-wise, wasn't, like, done well. It's really thick, like, height-wise. Okay. So, like, if you're wearing pants, and it's, like, and it's thick and, like, width, like, width, too. So, it's, when you put it on, it holds it really well. But then yoga pants or leggings are super tight. And I put it on, and you can see just all around, like, my hip line where the bottom of that band is sitting. And then to get it to sit in the right spot, like you said, because the stretchiness of the pants, no matter how good your holster is, there's a little bit of give. So trying to get that to sit in the right spot and use your leggings to kind of add that, that friction to help keep it in place. Like it was a really good concept. I think it may have been one of the like earlier <laughs> designs. Um, but we just got... I have the Ulti clip. I have the, I have one with the, the original fabric clip. Um, I know they redesigned it. Yeah. Um. That's, that's nice too. Um, and then we just got new holsters. And I'm honestly, I have no idea the name of the clips, but they're like a modified J clip kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to honestly look into it. But they have, they put extra friction rather than just, like, clipping onto, like, a belt loop. Okay. It has, like, additional, there's two of them, it's like, side by side. So you can have, kind of have one large clip in concept. So I've not tried it with leggings yet, but I did put it on my jeans without a belt. And it, it didn't go anywhere. So well, all to win. I've had no luck with leggings. And I, it's probably because I don't have the
2: right leggings. But, like, I tried to go jogging once with my <laughs> holster attached to my leggings. And it was, like, I got maybe, like, 15 yards down the block. I was, like, nope, we're going back home. And I wound up – the leggings happened to have, like, a pocket. Yeah. So I, was, I clipped it deep enough into the pocket that it just stayed there.
0: All and right. I was, like,
2: all right, this is an acceptable solution. But it it was, like, I I don't understand why – The market hasn't yet caught up with women, especially since we're the largest growing um, section of gun owners. And it's like, I don't want like pink things. I want things that. I want practical things. Yeah. Practical things that fit and work and are made for a woman. Because as much as like you can say, oh, it's unisex or this or that. It isn't. Our bodies are so completely different, and except for like the the women that you get who are like bean poles, and yeah. like they look like like boys, and like fine, like that works for you then. But mm-hmm. for a lot of other people, like one of the the girls that I follow on Instagram, plus sized and pack, and her whole page is built around women who are plus sized because yep. they're an even more neglected part of the two a community. And she actually had a really nice post about, like, how her belly affects the cant of the holster yeah. compared to someone who has a flatter stomach. And it's like, I've never even thought about that. And I don't think larger men think about that either, because I guess they just, like, tuck it into the side or something.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, Austin's a bigger guy. So he that's definitely something I know he, he's. Talked about, he's posted about, because um, there there is he he struggled with because he he wanted to carry appendix. That's okay. how he wanted to carry, but when he started carrying, I think he was carrying at the uh, three o'clock or four o'clock position, um, which is fine during the winter. You got a jacket, right? Helps hide it. Yeah. Um, but wanted to carry appendix, and because he's not an Abercrombie model, you know. <laughs> uh, it's really, except for like 0.002% of the population. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it, Yeah, he he struggled with it, trying to find what, what worked for him, what didn't work. And, and finding, if there's all these tools, you know, there's uh, the wings you can get on your holster, which help. And then there's wedges you can put on the back that help even more. And where you put it on your front... Or anywhere you carry, right? It doesn't have to be an appendix, but where you put it has a, a big play too, and just all these different things that, when you're a new gun owner, right, you you don't even think about. They're not on your radar. Um, yep. So,
2: I I started with because, like I said, I was concealed carrying in and out of work on the subways and whatever, and I bought a pancake holster. <laughs> And I would just wear long shirts over Mm -hmm. and I always went to work in a back with a backpack on. Okay. So when I would leave work and this was bad because I wouldn't have been able to get to the gun if I needed it, Mm -hmm. I would actually move it from the three o'clock position on my hip to basically like the five o'clock position (laughs) in the small of my back, because then it would be hidden by the backpack. Okay. was sandwiched on like the subways and stuff people couldn't feel it they couldn't grab it from me so I was a lot more thinking about okay safety don't let anybody see it
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and oh god what's gonna happen if I need to take this
1: out you need to use it it happens yeah
2: now like that's a much bigger concern for me which is why I like I always carry appendix unless I'm in an environment where I can use, like, an outside-the-waistband holster. Sure. Few and far between. Mm-hmm. The, it's just constantly struggling to find something. I wore a belly band for a little while. Okay. Which I loved. Um, But then I put a light on my gun, and <laughs> it doesn't fit into the holster for the belly band anymore. Wow. And I bought another one. I gotcha. really did because it, it was so nice. It was easy. You just put it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have to worry about like where it was, was it sticking out because the belly band is so tight around me that it just keeps it all sucked in. Yeah. The only time I had trouble was if we went out to eat somewhere and I had a big meal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, my stomach is so
1: full. The belly band is crushing me. (laughs) I shouldn't have had that extra bite of mashed potatoes. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so, to segue into, I, to me, is, like, the parallel piece to your gun. Like, obviously, that's a huge part of your everyday carry. What other things are part of your daily, these are the things I need to have?
2: Um, Other than phone wallet keys, which oh. my mother beat into me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I usually carry, like, a, a sort of utility knife. It's like my garbage knife. Mm-hmm cutting things that I don't want to use my nicer knife for. Um, And then I carry medical and an extra mag. So depending on where I am and what kind of bag I have, which is one of the nice things about being a female, like you can carry a bag and nobody really thinks about it. Although I know they have like these satchels and these fanny packs coming out for guys now. But one of the nice things about being a female is I can carry a bag and nobody thinks twice so I can kind of pack up as much stuff as I want. So sure. I, I usually try to make sure I at least have a tourniquet, chest seals, and like packing gauze. Yeah.
1: Um and a snack. I always <laughs> always this, a snack.
2: Yes. This way I don't get hangry. <laughs> That's
1: very important. Yeah, I mean, I guess I never really thought about that piece of it. Um you I was I'm so afraid of the the idea of, like, carrying off body that I never, like, still don't like it. Obviously, sometimes needs must, but never really thought about putting the extra things in the bag. Like, I have a purse and I have several purses and you're right, we can carry bags just about anywhere with no, like, any size. I could carry a full tote bag and nobody would bat an eye. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I mean, I, I do keep Um, an extra flashlight and a like my very first pocket knife, some like $20 sportsman special. Like, but it would work, right? Like, it's still a knife, you know, take it out and sharpen it from time to time. Um, keep those things in there. And I have this little like get home kit, like emergency kit. It's got like medication and um honestly way more stuff than truly need but like it's got fishing line and um the weights and hooks and little seasoning packets if i stranded somewhere for the night right like i could i would have stuff and (laughs) band-aids um you know so i have it all like all in a little like altoids because that yeah i mean more is better in my opinion. So and I think that's neat that you got it all in the little Altoids thing because that's easy to carry. Well, and it's easy to grab, right? It's all in one spot. I can grab it and go. But I could easily carry some type of small like actual medical kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on my person, I usually even uh, even to work as long as I have pockets. I never leave home without my flashlight. Um, I carry a space pen. Um space pen. it's this tiny little thing, it like folds up not folds up, but the cap goes on it, it's like four inches. Okay. When it's all you know put together. And you take the cap off and put it on the tail end and it becomes like a full size pen. So oh, for women's pockets funny. who are basically non existent, <laughs> I can carry a pen in my pocket because how many times do you go to a restaurant and your waitress says okay i have 3 pens and there's 10 of you like yeah so it's convenient um it made it really easy um given the pandemic and everything people wanted to sanitize between everything it's like okay now i have my own pen mm-hmm. like not that i didn't trust people i wouldn't have minded you know minded using the pens it's just everyone wanted to clean everything and do everything and i'm like you know what don't worry about it i have my own pen my family can use my pen. My friends can use it. Like no need to uh, dust, you know, break out the bleach and <laughs> deep clean these pens. Um, and then I carry this little tiny thing can't be more than two inches, like multi-tool. Okay. That I mostly just use it for the. Um, the one side is like a mini tiny pry bar. So, I'll occasionally get, like, acrylic nails and stuff. So, like, opening cans and, like, picking up things. Like, I can't can't get my nails underneath it. Like, that was super convenient. Um, It's got, like, a ton of different things on it. But I've used, it's got, like, an inch ruler. Like, a one-inch measurement on the one side. So, I've used that a couple times. And um, I've used, it actually has a, like, screwdriver, like a Phillips that sits in the middle of it, like all banded together. And I've used that too um, in a bottle opener. Most of the things like pretty standard stuff, but it's been really convenient to have. When I, when Austin bought it for me, I was a little apprehensive. Like, what am I going to need that for? And then next thing I know I have my nails done and I can't pick up the quarter off the floor. (laughs) So
2: (laughs) see, you never know. That's why it's better to have more than, than, than less.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's, most of my on-person carry choices were driven by the inch of pocket space that we're given. Like, I, my bag is great. I, you Mm -hmm. know, I like, you know, I want to carry stuff in there, but I'd like to have stuff on me, because I can drop my bag, run, but still have yeah, items on me, um, and then I slowly upgraded those items, like, looked and found items that were still compact and would fit in the pockets, but were better quality.
2: So, I <laughs> found that Duluth Trading is okay. women's pants oh. with pockets. <gasps> They're rather pricey. So, I usually go either when I have a gift card or, like, there's a coupon or a sale or something. Cause yeah. I don't like to spend more than like $20 on a pair of jeans. And I think these jeans are like $40. Okay. So it like kills me to <laughs> <laughs> spend the money on them. Yeah. But they have such nice pockets. I think I'm I i think I'm able to fit um a 17 round mag
1: wow. into the okay. pocket.
2: So it's it's been a nice change from, like you said, the women's pockets where it's like they give you two inches of space and... What am I supposed
1: to do with this? Put put a pack of gum in there? A pack of gum, some chapstick. Like, yeah, yeah. very, very minimal. Um, so what do you think are some things that women in the 2A community, like, what are... Some challenges that we face, on top of clearly the clothing choices. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> what man, other just... What other aspects are you know? Because you, you, you mentioned that women are rapidly growing, but why do you think it's now that that's happening?
2: I think we're starting to get a change in like gun culture, or we're trying to get the change because guns were usually like a boys club thing and it's yeah. it's still kind of like a boys club thing like where you walk onto a range and you get those looks kind of like well does she know what she's doing mhm like i shoot USPSA competitively and i use air quotes because like I'm I'm not competitive at all. I do it mostly <laughs> for fun. And my goals are don't get disqualified, don't zero any stages and try not to come in last. So if I get like second to last, I'm happy. Hey, those are good. Those are good objectives. I I have yet to knock on wood disqualify <laughs> myself out of a out of a, a match. But I walked into a um <clears throat> a competition with my shooting team and I was wearing the Jersey and everything. And I walk in with two of my male shooting friends and the guy looks at us and then looks at me and goes, do you know how to be safe with a firearm? (laughs) Wow. And and I just look at my friends and I look at this guy and I'm like, yes. And he goes, okay, because we're very big on safety here and I want to make sure you're going to be safe and part of me wanted to be like no like you know i accidentally shot myself in the foot a couple weeks ago so maybe you should go over the rules <laughs> with me again like that there's still that little that that boys club mentality where like they either don't want the women in or like they think we're we don't know what we're doing or we're less than or whatever but i th- i think it's starting to kind of peter out because we're like well we're here we want to be able to protect ourselves and we kind of don't care what you have to say about it anymore because we're not going to let you stand in the way and I think some of the the women's groups like um well-armed women um and a couple other ones really promote like going out to the range like I think it's a lot of things that that kind of are coming together and making it a more comfortable space for women to go to the range and be like, I don't care what you have to say, boys. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've had um, conversations with coworkers, right? Because obviously, I'm super into it. We're, we're super into it in the household, um, and talked about the things that I have on me at any you know given time, and they were all very taken aback and confused because I I think you're right that there isn't a lot of the conversation isn't happening or hasn't been happening with women. Um, So you don't have that conversation in high school, right? There's, there's all the conversations about how to be safe
0: mm-hmm. as a
1: woman, all, you know, which I, I do want to touch on that next um but you know all these different things you can do to keep yourself safe and it's almost uh, buying a gun is almost never one of them yeah it's they don't
2: want you to to be able to defend yourself and I I was actually at a training recently for like sexual assault awareness and stuff like that and they made it a point to touch on well if you have a gun in the house you're more likely to have a gun incident and I'm like Well, yeah, because you're not going to have a gun incident if you don't have a gun in the house. So, yeah, obviously. But then when they're talking about, like, all the things you can do to keep yourself safe. Arming yourself, whether it was with a gun or pepper, even pepper spray. Mm
0: -hmm. You
2: know, that wasn't something that they talked about. And I understand not everybody wants to have a gun. They're not comfortable. I want you to use whatever you're comfortable with. Absolutely. If you're not comfortable with it, you're not going to carry it. You're not going to make use of it. Or it'll sit in the closet. But we have to have that conversation about making yourself less of a victim because criminals are going to look for people who look like victims. And if you don't carry yourself that way, or if you are carrying a, a firearm or a weapon to make yourself feel confident,
1: like that comes off of you. No, and
2: absolutely. It's likely to target you.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the thing too. I think that people, you know, a lot of a lot of women I find are, you know, I agree, are a, afraid or cautious. Which I mean, you have every right to be cautious. You should respect what a firearm can do. Yeah. But there's also this. You need to like it needs to be okay to learn about that. Like women need to feel safe. Learning about that and make it an option, so it's truly just, hey, here are all the things that you can do to keep yourself safe. You can carry a gun. You can carry pepper spray. You can carry a stabby stick. You can carry, I mean, this, that, the other. Like, just make it a normal. Class. Or not just it,
2: class, but
1: yeah, make it part of the a normal option because I think there's that fear, of the the concept, let alone the actual firearm or pepper spray or anything like that. Um, cause I do, um, to segue into the, all those safety tips, you know, I, I I'm sure we've heard a lot of the same ones, you know, yeah. don't rock in a parking structure by yourself. Get a, a trusted male coworker to walk you out. If you do have to go into the parking structure, um, don't wear certain kinds of clothing.
2: Don't leave your hair long. Um, don't go anywhere
1: by yourself with a strange man or, or any strangers, and don't walk through dark areas by yourself. Um, be you know carry carry your keys extended through your knuckles, and or carry carry your keys in your hand so you can set off your panic alarm. Which honestly that one's not that bad because I think that's a good deterrent anyway. Um do. but um it just I mean the list goes on and on. You know, don't yeah, don't don't dress that way, don't don't talk like that, don't do those activities.
2: Don't, don't drink too much, don't don't stay out
1: too late. Yeah. It just don't, it's like, okay. But then, but then on the flip side, right? If you're, if you do all of those things to try to keep you safe, it's why are you a prude? Why aren't you any fun? Oh, it's just one drink. And, yep. and now there's, you know, hair scrunchies that you make a, 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 like a lid for your drink. I saw that and I thought that was actually really neat. Oh, it is. I think it's great. Or the the guys at one of the Ivy League schools that develop the nail polish that changes color if your drink's been spiked. Or it's like, you know, for once, I'd like to just be able to go out. Yep. I want to go. If I want to go have a drink, I want to be able to go have a drink with my friends or even my husband. Just because he's there isn't going to necessarily mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. Go out, have have a good time. If I want to have a couple drinks, I should be able to leave it on the table, walk away, and come back. But now, as it stands, if I have to leave my drink and I'm not hand- handing it to someone I trust implicitly, mm-hmm. I'm getting a new drink. Yep. Like, So, yeah, no, I'm only probably going to have a handful of drinks because I have to throw out half of one. You know, every other time I have to go to the bathroom, like, or help someone to the bathroom so um yeah it's just I I think things are changing I think women are getting more confident um the information is out there a lot more um but it is still really one-sided I mean not that I not that I mind but it's like okay we've done tons of episodes and this is, I mean, not that we haven't talked about the differences in men versus women, but it's kind of hard having the conversation with someone who doesn't understand. Yeah. Because a, a guy gets up, he goes to work. He le- he could leave at 1030 at night. He could get in at four o'clock in the morning, walk through a completely deserted parking structure. And his only thought is, I have to go to the bathroom or I can't wait to have my cup of coffee. Yeah. Like there's, There is no other thought there is no hey is somebody watching me um oh hey I, I should park closer to the door so I'm not parked next to you know I'm not gonna park next to this car or hey this car pulled up next to me that's weird it just yeah hey he pulled up next to me like when someone parks next to me I panic especially yep. if it's a guy
2: if people like, look at me funny like when I'm in the store or if I see someone like a few too many times, like as I'm food shopping. Yeah. Like, all right. Is this just a coincidence? Because like we're food shopping, we are probably going to see each other a lot. Sure. Is this person keeping tabs on me.
1: Yep. Or Austin, Austin gets so mad at me because I only unlock my door. Like when I'm getting in my car, because like one, one button unlocks the driver door Two yep. right. Unlocks everything else. I only ever unlock my door like out of habit like I just hit it once and that's it and because I'm like no what if what if someone's underneath my car like that's a very real fear yeah. or the person or I'm in a parking lot and someone's parked next to me so I can't see
2: I like he's in my car from the passenger side because someone was on was in their car on the driver's side mm-hmm. and, and I just I didn't like the way they looked and I just didn't feel comfortable. So I got into my vehicle from the passenger side, locked the doors and then climbed over the the center console. Yeah. Because I have a truck. So it's yeah center console and to get into my seat. And that's how I left. Or like, it, like how you say, I'll open my door and then I wait till my passenger is at their door before I unlock it for them.
1: Yep, that that's exactly what I do. I and mean, I usually don't. Like my car has the um like button unlock on the door. Yeah. So, I'll even I hardly like he gets so mad at me cuz like my keys always be buried in the bottom of my purse. Like they're there, no idea where they are because I can unlock my door without them. Yep. So I I walk up to my door. It's got like a proximity sensor. Yes. So as I walk up to the door, it'll unlock and it only unlocks the driver's side door. So I don't even have to do anything. I'm the only one that can get into my car. As soon as I get in my car, I lock the doors. Like, yep. and it's my standard go to. And just, you know, just in case I do want to sit there, because that's another thing that, you know, we've been told, like, don't sit and dawdle in your car. Like, yep. if you have to go somewhere, get in your car and leave. And it's like, no, I want to put my person in the passenger seat. I want to turn on the radio. I want to maybe pull up the gps because i don't know where i'm going like nope i'm gonna get in my car i'm gonna lock my doors <laughs> i check my back seat
2: go yeah that's that's a big thing i always keep the seats folded down in my car so this thing okay. i can see what's all the way in the back and that's people would go, oh you knew we were coming like we all got to go in the truck and now we got to move the seats around and this and that i'm like okay well do you have to worry about people hiding in the back of your car like this yeah. is, it's my car. Leave me alone.
1: <laughs> let me, let me do my, my neurotic things with my car. Yeah. It's, let me do the things that help me feel safe. Whatever, yeah, whatever that is.
2: Because we've been told since basically we were old enough to leave the house. Mm-hmm. But he's out to get you. You can't trust anyone.
1: And nobody's going to help you.
2: Exactly. Don't, don't yell help. Don't yell, yell fire. Help. Yell fire, or I was told yell money,
1: yell free money. Yeah, I. To that. Someone. It's a. It's probably coming past now, but it was a TikTok trend. It was like a, a sound clip, like. Okay. All right. Say it with me, like, what do you say, like, if you're in danger? And then there's a pause, and this lady goes after and goes, "If you said help, you're a man," because everyone goes, every woman goes, fire. Yep. Like that's what we've been told and like it's just an awesome looked at me like I was insane when I told him that I was like yeah no don't y'all help nobody will come and so it's how
2: guys don't believe us when we say these things and they think we're exaggerating and it's like we, we're not all just making this up like this is literally what we're taught like if you got understanding if you're a man
1: yeah, it's not one giant prank on the world, like,
2: because
1: oh. <laughs> it's not, it's not even just us. Like, I, there's no, like, everyone, all the ladies have are told some variants of this. So, yeah, this is not a worldwide prank, gentlemen. We would not prank about this if we were going to prank you worldwide. It would be something way cooler.
2: Yeah. <laughs> something that didn't have us all like afraid to leave the house and go for a jog at six o'clock when it's dark outside
1: yeah yep that's but yeah nope (laughs) um so since getting involved in the community um what are some misconceptions that you had going in that you've learned about or maybe that weren't on your radar that you've seen discussed um, and just overall things that you, you've learned and are working on and. Um,
2: I, I think I kind of came in, I mean, I don't think I really had any preconceptions when I came in. Like I didn't really expect much. I was like, well, I'm, I'm just here and I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's that. And I'll, I'll just roll with it as as we go. Um, but I think I've been pleasantly surprised by what I have found. Like, it's not all just dude bros running around <laughs> with guns and stuff and trying to be the coolest dude ever. Like, I've actually met some really cool people on here, um, men and women, who... Like aren't who are willing to like answer questions and not make you feel stupid, um or like who are into the whole mental health thing like that's that's my jam on here. Okay, like about mental health and stuff, and I didn't think anybody would be um receptive to it because it's it's again like that macho man gun culture like we're macho- fine. Yeah, we're fine. We don't cry <laughs> this and that. And it's, like, I found people who are willing to talk about that stuff and, you know, kind of build a community around that and the more, like, progressive gun culture yeah, than, like, the uber-conservative white male macho model. Yeah. it's It's been a pleasant surprise to find people who, I don't want to say think like me because... We do like I differ with some of the things still that they they agree with, but like sure. who weren't like I guess the stereotypical gun bro.
1: Okay, yeah. Um. So what? What part of I guess because I've never really thought about it. Um. I'm a I mean I'm a huge advocate for mental health, but what do you find is the connection correlation um with the community and mental health like. It's like you you have that experience and then you said that's your was it that that's your jam. So yeah,
2: that's <laughs> my jam. Um I think part of it is there's there's a huge military like veteran population in okay. the community. It, there's a lot of law enforcement in the community and there's also that concern that we have about like our guns being taken away because of red flag laws. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And the fear that that causes to actually get help, um, and I think it's it's kind of leading people to the the idea that we need to talk about this, because especially in, like, our veteran population, there's such a high rate of suicide. Yeah. Um, and then law enforcement and military deal with a lot of trauma in their own lives. Absolutely. So, like, I know just from my perspective how I look at the world was different even before, like, I really got into gun culture where it's like, oh, you need to make sure that you have your situational awareness and this and that. Like, I was doing that before I got introduced to it in the gun culture because I was living with the trauma of all the victims that I talked to. and right. All of the even the the little criminals that I deal with, my little delinquents, <laughs>
1: uh,
2: a lot of them are traumatized too. either their parents beat them or like they were molested or, you know, they had their own traumas going on in their lives. So like that that's affected me in ways that like I didn't really realize until I started to to do the reading on mental health. And I, I was like, you know, this is important to share with people because we need to talk about it and make it more mainstream. Because Absolutely. The less mainstream it is, the the harder it's gonna be to really deal with it and or, or let people know that like they're not alone.
1: Yeah, because I, I feel like you see a lot of or or you hear a lot of, oh they seemed okay. Everything seemed fine, and it it, it yeah. I mean it matters, but like it doesn't matter what the outcome was, whether it was suicide or a shooting like the it doesn't matter the end product so much as it is everything that led up to it like the end product is traumatizing like in in any way um regardless of which event it is, but no one wants to talk about or less people want to talk about, right? It's getting better, but people don't want to talk about what led up to it. People don't want to see the signs. People don't want to talk about it because people, I mean, people have their own stuff they're dealing with, but it's easy to ignore when you don't want to look for it. So that brings up a good point because you're right. There's a lot of, I'm a gun owner. I'm like... You know, USA, USA, like, and it, it's great. I love it, right? I love the patriotism. It's amazing. But being a responsible gun owner, you need to take care of yourself. and you need to take care of those around you, right? Like, you need to have a healthy, healthy relationship, whether that's with your friends, your family, um, your significant other. And if you, you can't have that relationship, you know, maybe you need to set the boundaries then to keep, you know, like... You need to be at 100%. Because yep. how are you going to be situationally aware if you're worried about something that your idiot brother said like in a fight? So it, it brings up a very, I feel like, under-talked-about under under-talked about topic within the community that, like you said, really should be talked about more. Um, I, there's So there's an organization
2: called Hold My Guns Okay. It's a I believe it's a not for profit. And they will hold your firearms. So if you're feeling suicidal or you're feeling not good, you can call them and they will take possession of your firearms for you. Okay. There's no police involved, no law enforcement, nothing legal, but they they basically safeguard it until you feel healthy enough to take them back. And that's to help prevent suicide yeah. from firearm which I I forget what it was. Suicide with a firearm accounts for, I think like 60 60 or 70% of gun deaths. Okay. And if, and I I may be exaggerating the number, I don't remember. I just remember it was a big chunk. Okay. The argument is if we can get that number down, that kind of takes some of the bite out of like anti-gun people saying, look how many people guns kill. Like, okay, yeah, I get it. But, the gun isn't necessarily the the cause of the death there's something else to it but they don't really see that so yeah. start removing that from the equation by being responsible about our firearms and being
1: responsible about our mental health
2: it like i said it takes the bite out of that
1: argument no absolutely um one last thing i i wanted to talk about and we'll kind of wrap up here um what are some things you do, you know, you mentioned, um, at the beginning and several times throughout about going to the range, um, but what are some ways that you practice and train and keep yourself accountable, um, being a, a, being a responsible firearm owner?
2: Um, I do dry fire at home. I try to keep up to date on, like, new guns that are out there to see, like, if I want to upgrade something, um, I'm probably the worst with my optics. Like I have lights on my guns that I carry. Okay. But I'm I'm like iron sights all the way, just because optics
1: are expensive. Yeah. I no, just, I'm. I'm with
2: like
1: I you. Can't. <laughs> I say I I've got. I mean, I did upgrade. I I carry a Glock. I did update my crappy Glock sights for um fiber optic. But okay. yeah, it's basically still just glorified iron sights like have the light actually just got the light um because i do carry the flashlight so to me that was always a not as important piece yeah because i did have a flashlight um but yeah we we do a lot of dry fire too we'll do uh i typically on thursdays because austin usually records on uh tuesdays but um We'll turn on the TV in the living room, we'll put up, we've, uh, we've got a fireplace, so we'll put up on the mantel little, like, training blocks and stuff, and we'll turn something fun on TV that's easy to, like, throw on in the background, and we'll do dry fire, um, typically with uh, just handguns. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely not super comfortable in any way, shape, or form with my rifle. Um <laughs> So I Rifles are a whole different animal. <laughs> I definitely should do more dry fire training with my rifle. Um, but we'll we'll do that. We go to the range. Um, we actually took a class together on concealed carry tactics, which was super cool and super informative. But like you said, I was one of with the the lady piece. It's like I was one of three women, and every single dude in there looked at you kind of like are you good? Like, can I trust you? Um.
2: It's been a challenge to not care. Like I, I didn't go to classes for
1: years. It's only
2: been like in the last two years and I've been, I've been like around guns for like over 10 years now, but it wasn't like until the past two years where I finally like felt brave enough to go to a class and be like, you know, I don't care what you have to say. And I've got, I've, I've thankfully picked classes out where the guys are fine and they're accepting and they're cool and nobody makes a comment on it. But it's still like every time I go to a class, like I'm going to a medical class in April, Mm -hmm. dark angel medical classes and I'm really excited for it. But at the same time, I'm like, is everybody going to look at me like, Oh, she's a girl. Like, why is she here? She doesn't need to know this. Like, like so, I'm oh.
1: sorry. I drive a car that I could very easily be like wrecked. Yeah. Like like it's not like why why does it have to be You know, like you said, why do you need to know this? Um because I am a person and yes. I go out in the world and the world is a dangerous place. <laughs> like
2: I would like to be prepared.
1: I want to yes. get home alive. That is my goal for every single day of myself and my loved ones. So no, I, I, there were a lot of things I learned in the class that were actually really applicable to do as dry fire, okay. which I really enjoyed. I was really worried about that particular like aspect of the class is everything I learned. I wasn't going to be able to practice again because going to like your, like you said, like the standard gun range, like you can't do rapid fire. Like they, you know, they don't want you having headphones and and stuff like other than they want like your ear protection, but like. You're not supposed to have anything else. And I'm like, how am I supposed to train for a real life situation? Like as awful as it sounds, like if I can't play people screaming yep. in my ear. Like can you draw from not- the holster? I'm sorry? Can you draw from the holster? Yeah. Uh Where- I think it depends. Some it depends on the range. The the local range we go to are giant sticks in the mud i really like the range it's very clean it's a really nice range but yeah they're not super super into it and i mean like we we live in metro detroit so like eight, I mean, it's, it's on eight mile everyone's seen the movie I love, or at least knows of the movie eight mile like <laughs> there's some basis for it so like i kind of get it but yeah. Yeah, I wish there was more, you know, maybe if you could, you know, I'll sign an extra waiver or something, like, or maybe you have a a, a night or a day that you're like, kind of make it a class, but not really where it's like, okay, people who feel comfortable doing these things, you sign the waiver and whatever, like, and you go every other in the lane or something to help break up space. But the, the place that we took the class has a range and they're super cool about all that so it's like an hour drive from here though so it's not one that we go to often um our local range was even worried about videos
2: yeah I you know my range my range burned down unfortunately oh, oh no <laughs> yeah but like I could take video there I could draw from the holster and part of that was because they knew me and, and I had been there a lot so they knew like I wasn't going to accidentally shoot somebody while doing it. Sure. But a lot of the ranges that I've been looking at, first of all, you either need, you need to be a a member of them and the wait lists are years long. Yeah. But the ones that you don't need to be members of, they don't want you recording. You can't draw from the, from, from concealment or from the holster period, even if it's an outside the waistband, no rapid fire. It's like one round a second. And it's like, I don't, like, I, I just, I want to be somewhere where I can, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> like, I want my yeah. own land or, like, a cool range. I just, it's it's annoying, like, when you want to actually, like, do real-world stuff and you don't live in an area where you can do real-world.
1: Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. Like, we, we at least are lucky that we can drive an hour or two and get to places that we can would do that kind of thing, but yeah, we we live in a suburb, so it's not like I can just go out to my backyard and practice or do anything you know that I want to do. So the dry fire piece is a, is a huge because then there's at least the muscle memory. Yes. Like so we're able to practice various drills, stuff that we learn from the class, you know, little tidbits that you learn in the you know, from others in the community. So then when you get to the range, you're just more focused on controlling and learning the recoil for that action than it is the full action of of that motion. Um but I like I like doing stuff like this too. I think just talking to people um teaches you a lot. Right. You have you have good discussions. You like you said earlier, there you meet a lot of really cool people who are usually pretty open to talk about a lot of different things. Yeah. You do have your occasional person who's like you're doing it wrong. And it's like, okay, well, your body shaped this way, mine's shaped this way, so we're yeah. going to do things. It's kind of the nice thing, though, is that there's, there's kind of a right and wrong way to do things. Like, there's definitely wrong ways to do things, but the right way is kind of a gray area. Yeah, there's a lot of right ways. There's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's nice to be able to have the discussion because, you you talk to people and you, you learn like, oh, I've been doing it this way and I'm kind of struggling with it. And it's like, oh, well, I do it this way. Or have you tried adding this or subtracting this and see if that makes any difference? And you're just, oh, wow, I never even thought about that, you know. So yeah. just being able to, I, I think, have these type of discussions um, in this more formal setting um, and then also just online in, in any way shape or form whether that's on instagram comments or an instagram live or i'm sure there's subreddits about this and like i mean anyway you can have the conversation right it doesn't matter how you're having it as long as you are having it um i think that's one of the best tools in in helping you grow in the community um as a responsible gun owner Um. To help keep you accountable um especially when you just read some of the things that are you know happening nowadays um yeah i think uh i think we just need to keep talking about it it's the only way it's going to get better for for everyone not even just women in the community but definitely for women in the community um
2: yeah we're, we're still struggling a bit with the community but i i think it's definitely getting better and i think like conversations like this and just having access to other people makes it easier because you're like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one struggling with where to put my holster. I'm not the only one struggling with guys being jerks or um, not knowing how to put a rifle together from scratch. Like, there is help out there and people can be accepting and and nice about it.
1: Well, and I think, too, um, with the presence of social media, It helps take some of the um, preconceived uh, ideas that you have to look a certain way or dress a certain way or be a certain way to, to be into any aspect of the community. You know, you have people who are perfectly normal people who have day jobs and, like, they're your everyday person. They stand behind you in the grocery store. There's literally no way to distinguish, like... It you know it takes all sorts of people, so yeah, I think this has been this has been really good. It's been nice to actually, like I said, talk to someone who understands the um struggles and challenges that women face in this particular community and, and life as <laughs> life as a whole um yeah. Men just, men just don't, <laughs> they just don't get it. It's not their fault, right? Not, not fully, not all of them.
2: No, So some of them just don't want to know because they're like, well, just make it work. But I think a lot of them legitimately like care and want it to be that we can, um, I'm getting distracted because my boyfriend's currently looking at me. <laughs> <Probably because laughs> I made like the all men comment. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, I'm sure
1: Austin like, will roast me later for it.
2: <laughs> people like him <laughs> want to actually like learn and get involved, and they want us to to like learn things. And I don't know what his problem is because I brought him into the gun world. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> he didn't judge Arnold. Exactly. He didn't even touch a firearm until I was like, "Hey, let's go to the range together." So, but yeah, I mean, the the whole thing is some guys are just jerks, and then other ones are are there, and, like, they're going to be there for us to help us figure it out, even if they don't necessarily know what it is we're going for, you know?
1: So if you they want, want to
2: learn, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Offer a good suggestion, if I tell you no, be like, okay. Yeah, like, that, that's just it. Like, okay, I thought this might help, but really it doesn't, like. No hard feelings. Like we're good. Just a suggestion, you know. So, but all right. I think we're we're good to about wrap up. Um, thank you so much for for doing this. This is a lot of fun.
2: Yes, thanks. Hope you had that. a good time. <laughs> yes. Always uh, nice to talk to another woman about this stuff.
1: Yeah. There's just not, especially like a conversation like this. Like they yeah. actually have a conversation. Like you can have conversations, like I said, on social media. Mm-hmm. But it's different having a conversation through comments than yeah. it is having the conversation. Kind of, it's face to face as you can be nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: So there you guys go. That was Lexi's discussion with Kim. Uh, in honor, I should stop saying that. It's not in honor of Women's History Month, but it is seriously nice to get a uh, a perspective from uh the female side of the community really it's a, it's a male-dominated industry it's a male-dominated community uh society i mean culture whatever right so it's good to have that perspective and it's good to hear um that information right and and not and not just us uh and i say this being completely guilty of it myself right mansplaining uh how this is all supposed to work and, and what we're supposed to do and this that and the other. So, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I know I know Lexi really did, and, uh, and a big thanks to Kim for making the time to uh, to sit down and chat with us. So, um, stay tuned though. We're gonna have a lot more uh, a lot more good stuff coming in the next couple of weeks here. I know I'm supposed to be uh, touching base with Trevor next week. He'll be on. Uh, we'll be we'll be shooting the shit a little bit, cutting it up, talking about what's been going on, and in uh, the week after I know uh, I'm gonna be catching up with Tim. Uh, with Concept Gray, he was one of our. He might have been my first actual interview for the podcast. Uh, you know, like uh, last year, so uh, that'll be nice to catch up with him. Uh, kind of talk and see what he's been doing, uh, what he's got going on. He's been kind of blowing up on Instagram. It's at Concept Underscore Gray. Uh, so Tim, Tim and I will be sitting on chatting in two weeks. So we've got some good stuff going on, uh, and uh, yeah. Until next time, you guys. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. But uh, get out there, as always. Like we say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared.